Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello everybody, welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Taylor, joined by Zoe Miss Kelly. I've snuck in. From the Comics Channel, plugging the new stuff, so go and check that thing out. Also joined by Josh Brown. Hiya. I wanted a nice excuse to talk about all things Marvel, so I've gathered the best nerds in the office, <laughs> at least from this side of the office. We're all pretty much massive geeks, so it's fine. Ultimate Lines 3 is out, and I just kind of thought we would just run down the history of, like, all the different times that Marvel have sort of succeeded in video games, the different, the, the weird, e- like, the app era that the 2010s have kind of been, and whatever. So I kind of just want to open it up by asking you guys what are your favorite Marvel superhero games or what comes to mind when you think of good Marvel superhero games wow because I can, I can open this up right? I can open this up I don't think this has been beaten I'm going to hold this up as one of the finest is uh, the Spider-Man game from 2000 um, which is the one that was introduced by Stan Lee and had just just I just the aura of that game was the love letter to the Marvel fandom that I think a lot of the future games have tried to get close to it's Ultimate Alliance 3 tries to go for but obviously doesn't have Stan Lee yeah so that was one that of the game. first games in general I ever played and mm. that got me not only into games but the Marvel universe at large because mm-hmm. I didn't really know who well, I kind of knew who Spider-Man was but this got me to like understand characters like Black Cat mm. or even cameos by Beast and stuff Spider. who was in <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a perfect impersonation of Black Cat <laughs> I think you'll find so, but mean... it was awesome and like it nailed Spider-Man the look was good I even like Spider-Man 2 Enter Electro I think... you were like the only person I know who ever played that really? so did, did you play that? I'm pretty sure I played every Spider-Man. Okay, game. okay, fine. At least someone else like managed <laughs> to chase that. But I have some very out. mixed opinions. On yes, them, so exactly. It had Hammerhead in it, so it was automatically good. Did it? Yes. Didn't you? Didn't Child you lose your mind fighting the lizard? Listen, listen. <laughs> the lizard was broken for one. I'm not saying it's one of the best superhero games. Right. Well, it's pretty good. So I would, I would hold up the PS1 Spidey as one of mine. What do you guys? What well, comes I, to mind? I think the, the blessing of comics is you can get you get like doubly nostalgic when it's like comics and a video game. Mm. Uh, the first game I ever bought for myself was, did you ever play the old Game Boy Punisher game? Hell yeah. The game uh, that was your version. first one. That was my, That's brilliant. That was my first one. And I remember f- feeling like really rebellious because it was the Punisher. <laughs> uh-huh. And I was like, my parents wouldn't find me They'll to never play. know. Uh, which is funny because it's really, it's really not that violent. It's extremely tame, like by today's standards or whatever. But little, yeah. little me playing it like in nighttime on my Game Boy. I was like, mm-hmm. this, is the mo- this is the coolest thing <laughs> yeah. that could have happened to me. Speaking of the Punisher as well, the 2006 one, the one that was like, kind of a movie tie-in but the game had way more to it and had like still had Thomas Jane reprise the role or whatever that was my like bad boy moment where I was like my parents wouldn't approve of me <laughs> curb stomping this person oh, I've got a guy's head in a vice I, I know he's, I'm it. feeding him to piranhas mate <laughs> and it's uh, that was my thing where I was like I just love embodying that character I think uh, we can have a separate discussion on well we'll get there in terms of group based <laughs> games versus solo ones what's your one Josh? Ultimate Spider-Man I think because Ooh. although Spider-Man 2 did the open world sandbox swinging first and arguably best like mm. the physics based system in that is much different from the Ultimate Spider-Man one. Mm-hmm. But 
for me, Ultimate Spidey is just my dude, even before I even read any of the comics. I love right. that art style. I love that version of Spider-Man's universe. And I thought the story in that game was really good. Mm-hmm. It um, was the Venom storyline. But I'm pretty sure it, it might have even came out before the Venom storyline in the actual comics themselves. Because it's written by Let's the actual the record, writers. Zoe. Guess I'm we'll see try, this. I'm trying to think. What year was it? <laughs> I don't know. Ultimate but, um, like 2005? I, I, someone told me this fact the other day. I think it was... Before then, to be honest, I think it might what do you be. Mean it was before the Venom storyline. I think the the Venom storyline in the game uh-huh. came before the Venom storyline in, in the Ultimate, Spidey. Ultimate Spider-Man right, comics, right, right. like oh, that version of it, yeah, not just yeah. generally. Yeah, because uh, I was like, if it's if it's Venom whatsoever, oh no, I'm gonna no. break your heart. No, 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 no. <laughs> that version of like that story. Uh-huh. So like, um, you know, the Venom symbiote being kind of like a cure for cancer mm-hmm. and uh, built by Oscorp and stuff. But I just thought the story was great. I liked the swinging and that you could climb up it, like mm. to get height and stuff. I loved that you could go to Queens and Spidey's like living with Aunt May and stuff. You could also eat children as Venom. You could also eat children as Good Venom. Time. I really like that bit. But still. Yeah, and also you flick to being Venom who could jump across goddamn buildings and eat people with balloons <laughs> and also just like throw people directly into the ground to yeah. cause a crater. It was like being <laughs> playing an incredible Hulk game. What is the Venom? It so, awesome. I mean, in, in that regard, like, do you, because I was going to say, like, Spidey seems to front load their best stuff. Do you think that that was a conscious decision on their part, or it's just that he is the most bankable character, so they tend to re- revisit I don't know more? if this is controversial, mm. but I have this pet theory that it's because that's the closest they could do to sort of uh, the Batman gliding mechanics. Ah. Um, because although all of the older Batman games aren't great, True. like, I think they were the most popular comic video game. Mm-hmm. So they were sort of like, How well, far back this... are you going when you say old Batman stuff? Uh, I'm talking the the old one that looked like it was more based on the animated show. I'm not, oh, I'm not just that. doing the Arkham games. No, that's that's right. that was like 2009. The, yeah, the, um, the 2D side-scrolling one that was on like SNES and Mega Drive and stuff. Yeah, kind of. I guess you want something where like you want to have like a good explorative element, something that has a good gameplay hook. So I guess yeah. like, well, I guess the most immediate one. If you just did Thor, it'd be like, mm. and then I yeah. flew to the objective. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it'd be really hard to make a decent Thor game without it. Like Most publishers would resort to like an endless runner or something and you'd fly in as fast as possible. Well, that's like away from just them being like the two most popular superheroes at the time. Like mm. Batman had his own movie series. Spider-Man was just about to get his. They were like bankable cross-media mm. like icons. They were very much, you know, it was easy to cash in on them. But also at the same time, they're very not easy but they're heroes that you can do well in video game form mm-hmm. they don't they aren't too overpowered they have human weaknesses you can transfer their skills and abilities to like gameplay mechanics yeah. much easier than you can someone like like Thor or Iron Man or god forbid Superman do you think that's changed with the perception of the characters just with the MCU being so established now like are, are people just do they have that body of knowledge already where you can just go it's a new Thor game and they might just check it out I think the blessing is as well because <clears throat> the thing the MCU's done really well is establish that even the most powerful hero can be defeated by someone. Mm. So now it wouldn't just be like, because yeah, like the blessing of Spider-Man is that anyone can beat him up if they tried really hard. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. Andy Murray constantly says he can beat him <laughs> up. He reckons he can take him, yeah. He thinks he can just get, you know, just lay the man out. No. <laughs> I, I think, um, oh, go on. I think Spider-Man would let him. Yeah, <laughs> just that yeah he's, he's nice enough. Yeah, Miles Morales definitely would. He'd pull his punches, you know. <laughs> yeah. I think talking about the 2000s as well, I've, I've kind of referred to this as the golden age. I don't know how much that'll, that'll sort of stick, but I'll, I'll reel off some games. I already mentioned Spider-Man 2000, but we also had uh, Shattered Dimensions. We had Edge of Time, which is a bit more, you know, not as good, but still 
still, it's all right. It's all um, right. Then we had the Rise of the Imperfect game, which kind of showed them doing a bit of a Def Jam thing. But we had the X-Men Legends games, the Ultimate Alliance games, the Blade games, which I wrote down, because I bought Blade 2, because I love Blade 2 so much. See, I loved Blade, and I didn't even bring myself to buy those The games. PS1 one was all right. And mm. then the second one made you fight on the right analog stick, which is like, it was a cool way to make you fight like a whole room of goons. Mm. Stop scrunching your face, <laughs> And uh, it didn't play very well, but, you know, it was, it was all right. He said things from the movie, and I got to do a bit of that. And then Hulk Ultimate Destruction, um, which I think like that introduces the next topic, which I was going to ask. Like, do you guys think that um, they should do more character-specific games as opposed to the group ones? Because I think because of, or do we think the MCU showing like you know all these different sort of combined movies like Civil War and Endgame and whatever points to this whole roster being given to you at once? It's difficult because we've had team-up games in the past, mm-hmm. but I think like we were just talking about with the beauty of the MCU is that everyone already has a certain base knowledge of these characters now, and you don't need to convince them to buy a Thor game or to mm. buy a Daredevil game. I think even if you look before Deadpool was a big thing when um, Activision made their Deadpool game mm-hmm. and no one really cared because no. that character like in the mainstream wasn't really there was no real awareness for him mm-hmm. but now that Ryan Reynolds has made two blockbuster movies out of him people would lap up a Deadpool game and I think that's where we're at with the MCU as mm-hmm. a whole so I think it would make sense to capitalize on that and then really focus in on these single heroes themselves and mm-hmm. properly explore them rather than just throwing them in as part of a team. Yeah, I mean, with Deadpool as well, do you think they just mistimed that? Like, I haven't actually played the Deadpool game. I don't know if anyone has. It's actually pretty decent. Yeah, I heard it's like not, mixed to positive things. It's not great, right. but you play it and you're like, this is, you know, it's a bit like the Mad Max game. Mm-hmm. Uh, great like, game. Gen- oh, oh, it's a good game. It's a good game. It's a really good game. Not the newest one. The, yeah, the newest one. The one before that. Uh, the other Mad Max game? There was an older one, I'm sure. Because there was I'm the sure decent that. one that's kind of like Rage now. Yes. And then there was the one before that that was kind of... I think it came out when Deadpool did, actually. Interesting, Interesting proposition. The one I'm thinking of is the one that came out on the same day as Metal Gear 5 Phantom Pain and just killed all of its sales. That's the one that everyone just forgets happened that is actually, like, surprisingly good. I might be thinking... Essentially, it's, way, it's got good fights. Right. But then <laughs> you sort of look at the plot and there's... Not mm. whole, there's not a whole lot to go around because it had that that like kind of had that sort of same vibe as something like The Punisher where it's like it's kind of tied into the movie but not I know it predates the first movie but they did do an HD re-release around about the time that the mm-hmm. first game came out but then it was still selling for like full price so that that sort of idea of like cashing in on that didn't really happen but do you think they just kind of mistimed it because they had Northern North so. as well it was it was part of Instead Activision's of kind of uh, like final <laughs> hurrah of the Marvel Universe essentially I, when, it, when it released it was it wasn't a budget title but it was mm. less than a full AAA title mm-hmm. and you could sort of tell that it was kind of rushed kind of you know sloppy around the edges and a lot of in a way a lot of Activision's Marvel games were Mm -hmm. so I just think it was just that sort of dying breed of we don't really care but we know that people <laughs> like Marvel and superheroes so we'll we'll do it we'll, do we'll, play out, we'll sell it a bit cheaper we'll remaster it if a film gets made mm-hmm. you know we'll try to cash in on it I think that killed it more than anything else right Some of the, isn't the writing's quite good in it I think I've seen, a, I've seen him slap a Wolverine essentially it looks like they made an okay game mm-hmm. then they looked at all the flaws they were like can the writers just address all the flaws <laughs> I think you just pretend it's like a fun fourth wall thing right. and it is only like the seventh or eighth time they're like, ha ha ha, this is a made so well. You're like, is it? Yeah, have you, you could have actually made this better, like as the core thing. Um, I think as well for the early Marvel stuff, like because I'm gonna get onto like what happened, what's been happening since like 2010-ish to now. Um, but when the MCU, MCU first started like kicking into gear, we got tie-in movies. Like we got the Thor game, we got the Hulk game, um, the Iron Man game. Which like for me, the Iron Man game is like one of the only I've played all of them, but not very long because they're not yeah. very good. Um, but like one, I think they had some kind of cool-ish game mechanics. I like the idea that the Iron Man one, you'd reroute the power at different parts of his suit, and then you can do like the chest cannon or whatever and um, did you guys play them or have you seen those old games? I have seen the first <laughs> no, 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 I've seen Iron Man 2 actually right. being played on a 360 and it didn't oh, look mate, you good wanna, Jim do that a little bit 
No. Shoot some. I want to play Iron Man VR. I don't want to play. That's Iron actually Man what I was about to say. Oh, I'm you so don't want to play Iron Man VR, do you? Though we'll we'll get to what they're to what they're doing in the future. Um, in I good didn't time. though, but that did like sort of came around <laughs> in the same crop as the Thor game, which I did play, and that was just so naff. Yes. So is it the same sort of like thing where it's just very much a cash in? Well, that's what it feels like. Okay. I mean, do you think that's the that's the general perception? I think because I forgot those games even happened. I forgot that they had tie-ins for each movie. I yeah. don't know if you guys like if they come to mind when you think of like Marvel's games. I think of everything else. Really? Pretty wow. much. Well, because they threw so much stuff out, especially Activision in mm-hmm. the 2000s golden era. Some yes. of it was good, and a lot of it was just kind of that fluff. But it's kind of a weird paradox because they had great developers working on these games, mm-hmm. just obviously within a very, very limited time frame and with a very limited budget. You had people like Treyarch doing the Spider-Man games and doing Web of Shadows and stuff, which mm-hmm. is a great game, but it wears its kind of production, I don't know, limitations on its sleeve. Yeah. And I think that's the issue more than anything else, like Activision was giving these properties to genuinely good, passionate developers, but then hamstringing them by making them be tied into a movie or by making them come out on a yearly basis. And I think that damaged it. And that's why some gems slipped through the cracks, like Shattered Dimensions, and some didn't, like, thaw right now. I was going to say, like, the um, the movie tie-in ones. Like, I think if we'd had, like, if Kata- I mean, Kataki were obviously still around, but if Jason Stryer was doing his deep dive stuff that he tends to do a lot of these days, you would get, like, a whole warts and all reality check for what those production schedules were like, because they really feel, looking at the end product, like they were crunched and yeah, kicked like, to, to fit. Um, the Amazing Spider-Man 2, which mm-hmm. was the last of Marvel's deal with Activision, just, oh, I want to know what happened to that game. Because Beanox made some good Spider-Man games, and I thought the original tie-in to the first Ultimate Spider-Man game, uh, Amazing Spider-Man game, mm-hmm. was actually decent. It wasn't perfect, yeah. but it was okay. It was nowhere near the level that the Amazing Spider-Man 2 was, which was just a travesty, and somehow, despite releasing <laughs> on next-gen consoles, looked worse than the 360 version. Zoe, did you play the Amazing Spider-Man? Did, did you have the pleasure? Me. What did you think um, of the... Because their whole thing... I, I, we can quickly talk about like the limitations of Spidey like to some degree. Um, because something like The Amazing Spider-Man, and they, their whole new thing was like the camera's closer to him and you'll feel the rush of when you fall down into the street. And then they had that thing where you could freeze time, look around and choose where you want to zip to. Um, for me, that wasn't enough. Did that seem to... that do anything for you as a Spider-Man it just, it's, it's weird, right? Because when we were talking about cash-ins, mm-hmm. I think Marvel versus Capcom, I actually liked, even yeah. though it was justifiably a huge cash-in. <laughs> but then you get these other games and it's like, you can tell that they really tried to make the mechanics of a superhero work mm. but there's just something didn't have the time something got in the way yeah mm. I, that or they they were halfway through developing it and they were like great that's it yeah but at some point like that's what makes me think that at some point they would have just just capped it and just said this needs to ship by this time we're not budging like you'll get that with like ea or whatever it's like we're not moving our marketing budget we have all these different posters ready to go yeah and we can't possibly give you any more time well i think you see that with especially the Beanox spider-man games you get shattered dimensions mm. which is a very polished very high concept game with four different spider-man four what different combat mechanics distinct, yeah, like, different yeah. Me- combat mechanics it's a very robust ambitious game but then after that no matter how well it sells or how critics receive it, mm. Activision go, the publisher, I, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely, you know, hating on Activision today, <laughs> but, you know, they just released the most superhero games, so it's inevitable. But then they mm. say, give us edge of time in a year. So that initially hampers the ambition for the next game, mm. and then it's, oh, now you're doing a, a tie-in. So you've got that to come out next year, so scrap all of the linear stuff you've done. Mm-hmm. You've got to do an open-world game. It's got to be this plot. It's got to introduce these characters. It's mm. got to have these specific game mechanics. And it's kind of like, 
the whatever potential shattered dimensions could have potentially kicked off mm-hmm. is then just hampered by this decision to make as much money as possible. Yeah, and like shattered dimensions, like we've all played that, I think, or we've we've seen it. Zoe, oh, sorry, it's so Zoe, good. It's really good. See, I was, <laughs> I've this, only not played the good one. <laughs> no, no, this, this totally exemplifies my point though, because like shattered dimensions, I don't know if I'd call it a gem, but it's pretty solid. Like, but it's I would, I would, maybe I call it a gem, an infinity gem. But <laughs> that whole thing is like it seems like it gets like swept under the rug because maybe because yeah, like the the fact that it kind of gets hampered alongside Edge of Time respectively but like that game is quite ambitious in terms of like yeah it has four different spider-man you have these like stealth sections you have this over-the-top symbiote stuff where you're like doing all this group combat and like but then that points to like you know you have this kind of high point in i don't know innovation or mechanics or whatever that when you compare it for me to the ps4 spider-man they went back to what they had beforehand which like was the spider-man 2 tie-in game like it's very much trying to be that game again mm. so i'm like as the limitations of the character like as a solo character has he has spider-man what else can we even do with spider-man Oh, I don't know, because I don't know hmm. if I agree. I think Spider-Man PS4 took a lot of the elements that worked in those early games, especially Spider-Man 2, mm-hmm. and I guess even in a way, Web of Shadows. But mm-hmm. I do think it sort of innovates. I, I do agree that you can kind of see the limitations of the character, but maybe that's just because it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's what players have had before. Yeah. So then maybe Insomniac just think, well, we've got to do that, but make it really good mm-hmm. rather than break from any established mold. Because even though like those earlier Spider-Man games weren't always great, People still, by and large, enjoy them. People talk oh, yeah, about yeah. Spider-Man Two, like still. That's now. like regarded as the holy grail yeah. of like the best thing we've ever done as yeah. a species, or something. Yeah, like, which yeah. is there which is, is kind a, of is there but. is a reverence for those games, and I think that does sort of create limitations when you're making a Spider-Man game mm. in 2019. Like you have tens games worth of baggage or whatever yeah. to live up to, and then the nostalgia of people expecting certain mechanics. Mm-hmm. So I think that, as much as that, informs the limitations of the character. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get 
unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. So the same thing for you, though, like in terms of what they've gone for before. I think it's generally like my issue is more plot based. Like mm. I think the real issue with a lot of time movie games is the people who buy it are generally the people who like the movie. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think there's always something kind of rough when you're like, I really want to play this game, but I know the whole plot. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. I think that's one of the things that seems to have like killed off the idea of tie and stuff overall. Yeah. It's just that, yeah, like what are you really buying it for? Like unless you can cash in on, on literally someone coming out of a cinema and going, I really want to play that thing I've just watched. Like if they can't hit that, it almost never works. And I think we've got other games that have plugged that gap much better in higher quality mm. games like the Lego titles. When The Force Awakens came I out. I bloody love the Lego Exactly. Games. I yeah. came straight out of The Force Awakens and thought, I need more of this. Yeah. And um, at the minute, sadly, Battlefront. And then they delayed it for half a year. We finally got that little Lego Kylo Ren was worth the wait, but <laughs> they took their, their sweet time. It's, it's, it's not in complete tangent, but it's the same thing this year. Mm. I'm looking forward to Rise of Skywalker, and I want to immediately play the entire Lego collection that's coming out. That's not coming out until next year. Yeah. My, my initial hype will have worn off by then. I think, like, because we, we come from an era where we nigh on had a tie-in game for every game, for every movie, whereas, like, the, from a bug's life to, I don't know, yeah. I thought of a bug's life. I thought of <laughs> Before I thought it's a Bug's Life is such a good game. Ants is better than a Bug's Life in game form and movie form. Yes, it is. I don't Josh know if Hall. I ever played the game of Ants, you know. Really? Maybe I'm imagining a game of Ants. There was definitely a movie, there was an Ants movie. There was an Ants movie. movie, which is very good. My point is that that was better than a Bug's Life, but yes, the Bug's Life game was very good. Point being that, um, yeah, everything seemed to have a tie in back then, and, and in terms of Star Wars and stuff and the ongoing MCU, the, like for the high points of both those franchises, um, in the, in the modern age, they've never they haven't had stuff alongside it. Mm. Like, we've like you know, we've had these like the tie in games that we had at the, the end of the 2000s marvel just sat out the entirety of the mcu for the last like eight years yeah unless you're going to start counting app stuff what that's uh yeah. so you get into weird territory because that does they they are more blatantly cash-ins than mm-hmm. anything else they are you can play this right now for free and then we'll nickel and dime you with microtransactions for the next year i guess my overall point though is like would we would we be okay with slightly more i guess you wouldn't be okay with the quality of the games that we got at the end of the 2000s but is there still some worth in having something ready to go alongside each new movie no because no. of what we just said um about missing games like Shattered Dimensions mm. or stuff like that. I think when you just throw out such a wealth of content and you just saturate the market with all these games, mm. we've seen some of them, even if you give them more time, some of them are going to be bad and people are just going to get fatigued or mm-hmm. fed up. Like the reason I didn't buy Shattered Dimensions at launch and Web of Shadows is because I was just done. Yeah. I had, I'd been burnt so many times Web before. Web of Shadows is so good. Web of Shadows is so good. I didn't realize until much, much later. I mm-hmm. think people just get done. You've seen the same thing over and over again. And, I'll, and considering the rate that these movies come out now, we get three Marvel, at least three MCU movies a year. That's a lot of games to come out alongside them, and True. I don't know if we can sustain that either from a dev side mm-hmm. or from a interest side. I think as the industry's got bigger and like general production budgets have just got so much bigger and they need more time to just even refine like a leaf in the distance. You're just, yeah. It just doesn't match up with, like they said, the schedule of Hollywood anymore. And um, we can talk about the apps and stuff though, because that's the thing that's, I'm referring to this as the app era, um, where I've got, I've only picked a handful because I haven't, there's so many Marvel apps. There's like one every week and they're nigh on the same thing. So you were saying that you play these quite a bit or you have played them in the past. It was a dark, dark thing. <laughs> <laughs> I've gone out of there, God damn Because I did that and I did the DC ones. Ooh. And then like a couple months in, I sort of looked at my life and i was like what 
tapping your daily goals. What's, what is? The, why am I like spending an hour mm. just tapping my phone screen? Well, why see, be... the thing is, like we talked before, we said about like you know, you come out of a movie and you just want to play that movie. Coming out of Endgame, I was like, I just want to play something Marvel, and like obviously Spidey scratches that itch. But like I ended up getting lost in a real dark time, like you said, of, uh, of mobile games. So it was like Contest of Champions, Future Fight, Strike Force, um, and then even trying to get Marvel Heroes, the browser-based game. I'm assuming you played all of these things. I did not play the browser-based game. You're missing out. Uh... You're not missing out at all <laughs> on anything. I'm but... hijacking this podcast. It's Go now on. an intervention for you. <laughs> we need your help, you man. Well, I've given them up. But I mean, my point is that I think when Marvel tried all these things, these tie-in games, I wonder if on their part they were like, it just isn't worth it. We're not making the return back. We're paying these devs like more than the sales of the game. Obviously, they're mediocre games and their like window of success is literally pretty much almost the first week that that movie's out. Mm-hmm. Um, they seem to then take a massive step back across the 2010s. And we got all these different apps and stuff, which like I've played a handful of. Zoe, you've done some, but regretfully so. Josh, you've not played any of them? None. So that speaks volumes that like none of us, like we've never really covered any Marvel games because I have apps rather because they're just not really worth it. Um, which brings me to the modern stuff, which like, you know, you look at Spider-Man PS4, Ultimate Alliance 3, the upcoming Avengers thing, and Josh's favorite game, Iron Man VR. Or Josh yes. and Zoe's favorite game. Now I'm going to partner in crime now. <laughs> but I think that kind of all comes full circle because they don't care about the tie-in stuff anymore. Like Ultimate yeah. Alliance 3 is coming out, like how long has it been since Endgame? Two months? Two months, three Ish. months. Yeah. yeah, but you still, Ultimate Alliance 3 still has like little plot points and things lifted from like you know MCU ephemera from the last year or so. Mm-hmm. But do you think that's just as effective or more effective? I, I think so. Potentially, mm. I, I it's, it's hard to gauge. It's certainly not in the direct window. But at the same time, my affection for the Infinity War storyline, mm. the two part storyline, is still quite fresh. Right. Fresh enough for me to want to jump in with these heroes. The heroes themselves, I mm. think, are probably more important than the actual story because they're now current. Like if you sell a game on the back of the original Avengers mm. or Captain Marvel for and center mm-hmm. like that will sell because that's still going to be current because mm-hmm. those characters are still going to get movies that's going to be around i do think you miss the initial launch window but at the same time i went from uh far from home mm. straight back into insomniac spider-man right straight into marvel ultimate alliance 3 and had See, a like, bloody good time on the on the spider-man front they kind of supplant that audience because they're like by the way we've got this new costume so it's like if you kind of have those things established you can kind of keep up with the mc or kind of keep up with different media events happening yeah like with little subtle things like that um so what do you think in terms of the switch to having more isolated games well, it's, it sort of reminded me um me and ewan had a conversation about this like i think sometime this week actually mm. on the on the comics channel plug, plug, plug. check out the comics <laughs> channel it is brand no it's not brand new but it's been revitalized with Zoe I'm so there you go. yes um, and basically uh, a lot of the issue with Marvel Comics right now is that they just can't match the sort of budget that the MCU mm-hmm. has uh, which as you can imagine creates some sort of interesting problems and I'd never thought about it but I presume Marvel games have the exact same problem how do you mean like in terms of like set pieces and stuff it's just, not... uh, just in terms of like they physically so, so the MCU will have all this like ridiculous money to do essentially whatever they want Mm -hmm. as long as they know that they'll they'll get the audience Mm -hmm. whereas with comics they don't have the same kind of unless a comic will get big reaction Mm. they don't have the same room for playing sometimes Mm -hmm. i guess you can bring Um, in like star power and stuff too like one of the initial reactions to the square enix's avengers was like oh it's not robert downey jr chris evans etc um whereas i don't know if it was just i just didn't expect that at all i don't know if if most fans just did i don't think did you guys think that like where's the people i'm associated with you know what weirdly enough i didn't expect the voice talent obviously because i mean imagine paying the money for robert downey jr (laughs) to come into a voice booth and do a lines for the day i'll take troy baker and nolan north over literally anyone exactly me too they're really good Mm -hmm. i did Funnily enough, for whatever reason, expect the character models to look a bit more. Apparently, they've changed Black Widow. I they have. She looks pretty yeah. good now. Yeah, yeah. She looked that bad before. No. But like, apparently now she's like. Apparently they've done that. They've gone back to Cap and gone back to Black Widow because apparently they had like backlash. Yeah. So yeah, apparently they've been changed. Even then, though, they still don't look like the MCU counterparts. It doesn't no. look like. Um, 
Chris Evans, sorry. Almost. I was going to say Chris Pratt. <laughs> like, no, 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 that's the wrong one. Uh, it doesn't look like the MCU counterparts. And mm-hmm. I think that's better in the long run if mm-hmm. you can establish these distinct universes like Insomniac did with Spider-Man or Rocksteady mm-hmm. with Batman that people gravitate to that doesn't need a film or a cross-media promotion was, to yeah. like, sell. I was, was going to say, like going back to what you said about like you know like that whole thing about them kind of needing to be separate, like to survive on their own. Like, yeah, maybe it is just time for, like it is time for Marvel to really take hold of it. Like they've kind of been teasing the idea of like an MGU, like this sort of gaming universe. They talked about Spidey being like, you know, if this goes well and the Avengers comes after it and Spider-Man references the Avengers in-game and stuff. And it's just like, I like them being separate things. Mm-hmm. Like um, Ultimate Alliance 3 kind of walks a line. It's like you've got the comic book designs with some of the voice work that is clearly people trying to be those characters from the MCU which works well enough mm-hmm. um, but I think like I don't know like going forward do you think it's just they just need to stay away let the MCU do its thing and they'll do their own thing and the comics does its own thing too I think it would always be a bad business move to leave money on the table and not mm. have some references or homages to what's currently happening in the movie universe but at the same time I do think you need to create your own stamp on these characters and these worlds and these stories to you know like promote your own um series as an individual thing mm-hmm. separate but the same like 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 i said i mean it makes sense for there to be an ultimate alliance game that's around the like surrounding the infinity stones mm-hmm. but it doesn't have the same plot as of infinity war mm-hmm. and endgame but there's a kind of a correlation there where well, it doesn't yeah. sacrifice the vision of the game mm-hmm. so much because that's still its own unique story just told with some of the same tools mm-hmm. are you saying say the same thing zoe i think like yeah it's a matter it's like of inspiration but not theft yeah because like obviously the issue especially with having say like tony stark so distinctively Mm. as robert down jr Mm. is that i don't want to make anyone sad but eventually he won't be iron man what whatever reason (laughs) but he said he was (laughs) like i mean he'll always be iron man but he won't be iron man anymore um and i think at that point like it would probably be a real bad move for games to then be like oh we need to we need to not have him look mm-hmm. like because i guess at that point you would either make a really clean break and do um i forget the the lady's name who became the other iron man the woman who became the other iron man with the big frizzy hair oh, i've let you down it's oh. um, i can't say her name very well it's the person who isn't um tony stark oh it doesn't matter you'll be screaming at the screen it's whoever that person <laughs> is um, but yeah, if you're gonna make a clean break, then do something like that. Um, what's her name? I love the way you left that up. It's the person who isn't Tony Stark. <laughs> Thank you, Scott. Wait, there's That's only just been the there's, rest of there's the There's only universe. one other recent Iron Man. She's got a really like cool name, but it's really hard to say. Let's move on. None of us are gonna. Oh, I don't even know. I didn't even know there was another. Answers Iron in the Man comments are shouting at us on social media. I trust media. you, Zoe. Yes, um, but yeah, I guess they would do like a whole clean break thing because speaking of Downey Jr., didn't they start drawing him more? The Iron Man in the comics started to draw him more like Downey. So this Jr. is a really. It's not an issue, but I think it's a really weird decision. Mm. Like, say, the Guardians of the Galaxy changed not only quite a lot what they look like, but also the tone yes. really heavy mm-hmm. when they were clearly like, oh, people people like this tone mm-hmm. for Marvel like stuff. That's what they have in Ultimate Alliance 3. Yeah. Like, yeah. It feels like the, the movie version. Which um, is really different which to how they work. I think works in a lot of ways, but then also, like I said, because I think there's a sort of, I, unless you play on the nostalgia, there's a time limit to yeah. it, mm-hmm. which can be kind of dangerous in how well you want it to continue. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, how much does, for the Guardians, like how much does the Guardians identity become the James Gunn kind of yeah. Yeah. versus maybe what they were initially? Well, so I think you can see in the roster of not only Ultimate Alliance 3, but the latest Marvel vs. Capcom game that although they aren't the MCU counterparts in video game form, mm-hmm. it is very much dictated by who is popular in the MCU now and what their personalities are like. Like, Ultimate Alliance 3 opens up on the Guardians and it's very much James Gunn's Guardians even though the designs are different mm-hmm. and there are no Fantastic Four. They're coming in, coming in DLC but yeah. presumably that's because Marvel didn't initially hold the rights. It was the same with Marvel versus, like, like I said, Marvel versus Capcom where mm-hmm. it was very much a focus on characters Marvel owned in the movie universe 
rather than the ones they didn't really care about. In like, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's the same with comics, Zoe. When like, if they don't own the Fantastic Four, they will take like a backseat in the comics or something like that. Um, well, the blessing is, is generally if they're doing comics about someone. They tend to own the rights to the person they're doing. <laughs> no, the no, no, yes, I mean, yeah, um, but cross yeah, promotion. you'll tend mm-hmm. to find like this sort of weird. You can clearly tell periods of time where they've been trying to get a character more popular for like its film release, mm-hmm. um, uh, okay. which is smart. Yeah, like, it, I think it works well. But then at the same time, it, yeah, it can mess with sort of like when you when you liked a previous sort of mm. edition to be like, and here's the film edition. You're like, I I could watch the film if I wanted this. Yeah, and plus like perceptually, like if they chase that, then it's like, well, we actually need this thing to stand on its own because this movie run has ended or whatever. And then they don't necessarily have the audience for it anymore because they were kind of only tied in because they came in from the MCU. Um, do you guys like, overall, pretty much like rounded up thoughts, do you like where Marvel is at now? Because they seem to have been really taking their time and now they're rolling stuff out again. I like where... Spider-Man is that. <laughs> right. Okay. I, I, the Avengers I am I I have I'm cautiously optimistic mm. for. I want to play it. I want to see how that properly, you know, like how the gameplay is, how the story is, how they're going to tackle the live service elements. I think the ideas now are much better than what Activision was doing in the two thousands and just saturating the market with good, bad, horrible games. <laughs> it does feel like even if they're not always going to be home runs, they at least care about the characters and the properties now, yeah. which is a huge, huge plus for me. I think for me it stands out how mistimed it is. I guess that I, I get that something like the Avengers is a, is a massive project. And I think we first heard about that two years ago. It was a uh, while. 2017, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, but like obviously they would have had certain plans in place, certain story beats in place that they were going to do in terms of Endgame and stuff. So for me, I would have, I don't want to return to the crunch deadlines of the late 2000s, but I would like, I would have liked something to be there ready after Endgame. I think that was your biggest window of opportunity. Yeah. Although I wonder if that would have backfired if you then came out of Endgame and the version of the game that you're buying has a completely different cast and story. <laughs> I don't know, but that for me, they're still kind of coasting on that, on mm-hmm. some of it anyway. Um, so for me, I think a little, a bit of it is is mistimed, but I still like the something like Spidey is just exemplary anyway. Yeah. Um, and I'm liking Ultimate Alliance ish. So, yeah. I wanted to kick off some good competition because mm. I love the Rocksteady Batman games, even Arkham Knight, and I want to see them sort of WB as a whole kick up their DC, Get a DC stuff going again. You yeah. and I talk about this all the time about how they've kind of like dropped the ball on that. There hasn't been a game from either WB Montreal or Rocksteady no. in four. Plus it's four years, years now. now. Arkham Knight was 2015. And it's not, you don't just need Batman. There is so much scope in that universe to deliver Justice League games mm-hmm. or Superman games or Suicide Squad games mm-hmm. and none of them have materialized and now Marvel have kind of picked up the baton and been like, we're going to run with this. He's your Avengers. He's your Spider-Man. Yeah. He's your Guardians of the Galaxy game development. Oh, do you want Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3? Here you go. <laughs> have it's every single thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm up. Zoe, do you think the same thing? I was going to say they've got so many apps. <laughs> yes. Help me up. up. You're my only hope. <laughs> Siri. (laughs) (laughs) Knowledge base. Anyway, yes. Great new video game, Siri. Um, Well, I think the really smart move that they've started doing is they've started making it a lot more law-based, like Mm. within the comics. Uh, Because there's a thin line. Obviously, you don't want the whole game to be like, have you read you read Spider-Man? Mm. Mm-hmm. This will be Spider-Man. Um, but I think they managed, like, both Batman and Spider-Man balanced this line of, like, here's a bunch of really cool references about some really obscure stuff that, like, the hardcore fans will be interested in. Mm-hmm. But also, if you just want to punch a dude who happens yeah. to look like mm-hmm. a Batman villain. Well, so whoever was in that board meeting and said, why don't we just punch a dude is entirely who's led all through the lines through, which is, like, going to scratch all those uh, itches kind of thing. But, uh, yeah, I think I think they're in a really interesting place. I'd like to see the big budget stuff like Spidey and the Avengers. Um, but it's nice having the, the I don't know, the fa- like, the, the crowd pleasing stuff like Ultimate Alliance 3 as well um, but you go too far down that route and you end up with all the apps again mm-hmm. so it's, which is the point I was trying to get to I was referring to you <laughs> as an app but still I think um, I think they're in an interesting place but you guys can let us know what you think down in the comments if you're watching the video version or come find us on social media if you're not for now though this has been the What Culture Gaming Podcast I've been your host Scott Taylor joined by Zoe Miss Kelly still Zoe and Josh Brown app and we'll catch you next time <laughs> bye, bye. bye.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.